to Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. We are your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris, broadcasting live, as always, from lovely Austin, Texas. Julie, my love, welcome to today's radio show. Thank you. I'm excited to round the bend on our Rise and Shine series of getting control of the schedule, making sure that you are running your business, not the other way around. And we've got a lot of great shout-outs as well. So, exciting We day. do. And so, I, Julie, I, I have received just probably in the past 48 hours three or four emails in this very same, uh, on one topic in particular. And I know you have some emails you want to um, read as well. But, guys, a lot of you are asking me the same question. It's about switching brokers. And I'm going to give you the bottom line on switching brokers. And this is from having, you know, obviously Julie and I are top producing agents. And Julie and I have been in coaching agents. Julie and I have had tens of thousands. I mean, between the two of us, we've had easily well over 100,000 coaching calls. And switching brokers is always something that people ask about. And I'm going to tell you what our answer always is. No. Most times you're going to be better off if you stay put. And most times when you're thinking about switching brokers, it's because it's another uh, dance with the uh, uh, creative avoidance monster. In other words, you're trying to think of something else that's going to stand in the way of you actually doing the real work. The fact is, is that most brokers, the best brokers in the country right now, and we've interviewed some of these guys. You can listen to past podca- uh, podcasts. Um, you know, if you're listening on iTunes, just go to timandjulieharris.com and you can, you know, just go to the pod si- podcast section and you can listen to some of these. But the best brokers in the country, they have the mindset that they're not actually in the housing business, they're in the agent business. You know, and that's it. If you're in one of those brokerages, then, well, you just basically struck pay dirt and make sure you stay put. But for the rest of you who are maybe meandering with the idea, well, maybe my production isn't where it needs to be because it's my broker's fault, or my leads aren't where it's supposed to be because it's my broker's fault, or I'm not taking listing because it's my broker's fault, and all this other stuff, listen, and I'm going to be really, really direct with all of you guys so you can stop emailing me this question. It's not your broker's fault. It's never your broker's fault. And brokers, don't be offended by what I'm about to say because you know it's true too. When agents, when you do a transaction and you are at the closing table and you were asked the broker or you were asked the seller, your seller or your buyer, what broker they, that you work with, they won't remember. They'll remember you. Anyone who's been in the business for any amount of time knows that's the truth. People do business with people. They don't do business with brokers. So the broker, as far as a brand, is nice if you, know, it's, if you feel comfortable with the brand, if they're, you know, whatever. But most of our top producing agents have been with the same broker or the same overall company their entire careers, and they do not in any way count on or expect that broker to have anything really to do with their success. Oh, it's bittersweet for me to say it, but it's so damn true. Because they know at the end of the day, it's up to what they do. So if you guys are walking around, and this is a this is a problem. It's basically you making an excuse. You're not you're not you know achieving what you want to be achieving, not doing what you want to be doing, and you're somehow thinking it's the broker's fault. It's not. It's yours. That's the truth. You know that that is really the bottom line. And so I'm going to suggest for Matt, virtually all of you, there might be one of you listening. 173,000 regular listeners. There might be one of you who should probably seriously be considering switching brokers, but the rest of you, just stay put. 
And as you produce more, as you make more money, as you get better at your craft, then you'll make more money. Because what happens is if you start switching brokerage, it's really disruptive. It confuses you. It, basically, it's you know all this other you know technical legal stuff needs to happen. Some cases you'll lose your listings. It's just distracting. Don't do it. It's creative avoidance. Drill down. Remember, you're in this business. You have service to others. Become the best version of the salesperson you can. And you are a salesperson. Sorry if you don't like that, but you are. So master the sales skills necessary to be of service to many, many, as many people as you possibly can. That should be the mindset, not looking for where the grass might be greener. So, Julie, I know you've got some emails to read as well. Yeah. Absolutely, and thank you for bringing that up because that is one one of the quintessential questions is the whole broker switch thing. And, you know, I think over all those hundreds of thousands of coaching calls, I can think of maybe two to three times where it really made sense. One was when the broker was under federal investigation, so that's out. Yep. That's not good to be associated yep. with. Or your broker uh, dies or the broker, or the yeah. broker retires. Yeah, yeah. but that's other happened. than that, no. Yeah. yeah, and another one where the broker was taking forever, like months, to pay commission checks, so something was up with that. But barring any bizarre things like what we mentioned, yeah, stay put. Earn more money. The money that you lose by switching will be more than what you think you're making up by switching to some broker that promised you something that's probably not going to happen. So anyway. It's just, it's, uh, just yeah. it's more easy. It, but, Julie, it really is. It's just more easy button thinking. That's all it is. Oh, and you, you know sure. what, guys? When they go to recruit you, you're going to be you know, sold on the easy button. It's just more easy button thinking. That's all it is. Just you guys got to yeah. really. Anytime somebody comes to you and tries to tell, say that there's a quicker, safer, you know, easier way up Mount Everest, you just got to look at them and laugh in their face. Now, in their defense, they might not know that they're full of it, but you know, longtime listeners, you guys know, there's no replacement for this. You know, the the truism of truisms when it comes to being successful in real estate, doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. Doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. Remember that. Never forget that. That's the most important thing. And, and that's about doing work. And remember, guys, success is a state of action, not a state, state of being. Think of success, the word, as a state of action, not something that you arrive at. <laughs> okay, great. So, Julie, you have some emails to read. I do. This is a quick uh, follow-up from an agent that we highlighted the other day as part of this series, Cynthia McGuire in South Florida. Uh, she reached back out and said, uh, quote, I feel like I just hit pay dirt. I listened to your talk about ways to find expired listings. Remember, we stopped for a second uh, yesterday or the day before to talk about sources because many people get frustrated. Phone numbers are harder to find. Well, uh, she noticed that we had said, if you're one of the few lucky agents who can look up MLS listings by expiration date, dot, dot, dot. So she went to her board and took a class on MLS, and guess what? Lo and behold, I just now figured out how to get my expired listings before they expire. Happy me. Now I can search for customers' phone numbers days ahead of time and be prepared. Thank you for sharing that valuable idea. And thank you, Cynthia, for being a great example of taking action. And Tim and I uh, just had this – Tim, you and I had this discussion uh, at breakfast today – that so many agents don't dig deep into their MLS, and I think part of that's because it takes so long to enter anything. There's so many fields that you're just exhausted and ready to get the heck out of there. But most of your MLSs have so much more going on, as Cynthia figured out by taking a simple MLS class, you can dive in there and pull out not just expired data, but things that are going to help you make a better CMA. You, this is kind of basic stuff. You really need to know your MLS. After all, you have to pay them. You might as well use them. So just a quick thought and reminder well, from Cynthia. 
So yes. And when you when you know the MLS, I mean, this message is for you know brokers know this. When you can really go in there and you can data mine, you will know exactly. Essentially, agents, you'll know who your competitors are. You'll know what they're selling. When when Julie and I were selling real estate, we would know who our competitors were. were. We knew we'd know exactly all the details on them. We'd know their list to sell price ratio, their days in the market. We'd know where they had the highest concentration of price ranges. We would know how many houses they sold to buyers versus sellers, how many they double-ended. And when we went, we would typically um, compete with the same probably four or five different agents. You know, when sellers were choosing who they were going to interview, they, we were usually one of the two or three that they would uh, call out. And we would, not every time, but we would occasionally – pull out those statistics on our competitors so that they could actually know the truth because the sellers we got in coaching members remember to use the uh, seller's survival guide that's where you basically give sellers a stack of questions like 10 or maybe 20 questions that they use when interviewing other agents and on that same form are all the answers that you know your answers to those questions so that when the seller's using the seller survival guide they're interviewing uh, these other potential agents, they're actually going to know uh, whether that seller or whether that agent is not telling them the truth, right? So the first question might be, was what's your average days in the market or something like that? And then when they look at it, they're going to realize that the average days in the market, according to the stats from, on your sheet, is, say, 181, and this you know, agent didn't know the numbers, winging it, and says it's something like, you know, Two or something like that. So that's a way that you can basically make for a more, more informed seller. And then as the seller is going through asking these questions, they'll realize that this other agent is not as professional as you didn't know their market stats. It's assumed that when you're a professional, you know your numbers. And that's another benefit of really, really being a master of the MLS. Julie? Excellent. So one more quick shout out to Agent Nora Lynch. So anyone with referrals going towards South Natick, Massachusetts, up in the snowy northeast, Nora writes, Tim and Julie, I signed up at the end of December, beginning of January for coaching. I have been struggling with getting into the coaching and into the materials. You have so much incredible information, and it's overwhelming in every good sense of the word. I just listened to your podcast on my way to an appointment about spouse and partnering. We did a podcast about how to handle the brokerage when you're working as a you know, a partnership, husband and wife or otherwise. She writes, and even though I've, quote, been there and done that over the years, what resonated most with me is your straight-to-it talk and the business books about profit and micromanaging, the books you've recommended. I have read some of them and did just purchase uh, Blount's book, which is great. His interview is coming up. Everything you say is wow. completely true. Yes, it's going to be exciting. And she writes, I'm so excited to have found the people and mentors, et cetera, after years of searching for the magic pill or the formula, and I've found it with you. I've been in the business full-time for 18 years, had my license since 1988, and I feel that with the tools you have that I have yet to uncover, read, and explore, that this is going to be the year for the brokerage that I bought and the team that I'm leading. So excited to start and continue my journey with you and your team there. I was nervous the other day about finding time to read, listen to, and do what you are asking me to implement, but I think I just found it within myself. Thank you. And thank you, Nora, for uh, sharing that. You know, I always appreciate uh, shout-outs to our, you know, we say grizzled with love, grizzled veterans like yourself who have been in the business for a long time. And, you know, think about how the business has changed over Nora's career, right? So, of course, everybody needs to learn and grow and implement along the way, and she is now implementing and finding time to digest all the stuff. And she also reminds everyone, uh, Premier coaching, you know, that's not like an afternoon of coaching. It's an ongoing thing. So uh, back to you, Tim, and I think that we're ready to jump back into our schedule talk. 
I have a question for you, Julie. And one of the things I sure. hear uh, again from the feedback from just everyone is they like the fact that uh, you and I don't we're fluff free. You know, we basically don't try to do the song and dance, do the fake t- uh, Tony Robbins routine and all the that other you know show. mindset stuff. We, yeah, well, I mean, we mindset and how you think and all that is an important part of it. But you and I don't put that as the leading edge because we know basically how you think changes constantly. And basically, you know, <laughs> mindset conversations in themselves are really just mental masturbation. I'm sorry if that offends some of you, but that's truly what they are. Talking endlessly about your mindset is a complete waste of time. Anyone who's ever accomplished anything in their lives know that basically your mindset follows your actions. If you've got a really shitty mindset, it's because you're not taking enough of the right actions. You're not in the position, you're not helping people. You're not actually moving forward. And so you're sitting around wondering why you feel bad. The reason you're feeling bad is because you're choosing to fail, because you're not being of service to other people, because you're not making money, because you're not doing what you said you were going to do. It's not that complicated, people. So next time you're feeling crappy, and I'm again, I'm just I'm reviewing emails. Next time you're wondering why your mindset's not as strong as it needs to be, ask yourself how much better would you feel right now had you just booked the listing appointment, let alone taken a listing or had a sale. You know how like you feel like all the stars are aligned when you take a listing. Some of you never have, I know, but when you will, you know what I'm talking about. Where all of a sudden it just feels like, oh my gosh, everything just completely makes sense because you took a listing or you booked a really killer listing appointment. That's where you get your mindset, guys, from doing those activities, not from reading a bunch of books and hoping and praying and you know, sitting around and thinking about your feelings. You get your mindset. You, you, are, you earn the right to feel successful when you're being successful. Again, success is a verb. It's an action word. In other words, be in action. Get things done. Be of service to other people. So, you know, lots of emails this week. I love them. Hopefully we're you know, really helping you guys to realize that you are in the right place at the right time. Continue to send your emails, and Julie's going to get the, uh, finished up the topic we were talking about this week. If you want to email me directly, it's Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Um, and if you guys send us a testimonial, here's what we're going to start doing. We're going to post it on the private Facebook page, the members-only Facebook page, but we're also going to post it on our website. And we're going to, uh, we're going to link back to your uh, website. So you're going to have basically a link from our website to your website. And if you know anything about search engine optimization, you know that will benefit you greatly. Okay, so just keep that in mind. You send us a nice testimonial, I will definitely repay the favor by posting it on our feedback, uh, posting it on our fa- Facebook page and posting it on our main site, which if you search through Google and you put in, say, for example, uh, realtor coaching, real estate coaching, we've been the number one under those search results for ages. So that's going to do you a lot of good when you're uh, trying to create your own web presence. So, Julie, let's just jump right back on yep. where we left off yesterday. Perfect, and I'm going to go relatively quickly through the remainder of the schedule, but feel free to ask us to hover on a point or interrupt me if necessary. So uh, yesterday, we got up to about 8.30 in the morning, so between 8.30 and 9.30 a.m. Remember, this is your ideal daily schedule, which you follow ideally four out of five days a week, 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. Relentless lead follow-up with uh, intent to set appointment. Now, I wrote it that way on purpose. We coach it that way on purpose. There's a difference between lead follow-up, hey, just wanted to connect, let me know when you're ready to buy a house, how's it going, haven't heard from you for a while, versus, this is Julie Harris with ABC Realty, last time I spoke, you wanted a three-bedroom, two-bath in the ABC neighborhood, I've got three of them, fresh new listings, they absolutely meet your criteria, and I can't wait to show them to you this evening or Saturday morning, call me back and let me know which is better for you. 
So it's relentless lead follow-up with intent to set an appointment. Since you're most likely to set an appointment with this category of prospects, it's valuable to pursue them the first thing in your day. You already have their phone numbers, so you don't get to have that excuse. And they're expecting your call. You've got what they want. Remember to pre-qualify all listing and buyer leads prior to setting the appointment. Don't skip that step. You should never, ever end the day or even end the morning with leads that you've not followed up on. Use proven lead follow-up scripts, which incidentally are included in the Premier Coaching. So here's the thing. Again, you're most likely to set an appointment with this crowd. A lot of you complain about not understanding lead generation when, in fact, you don't understand relentless lead follow-up. Why would you pursue new spokes if you're not taking care of your existing leads? Just a thought. So, and remember, and remember, and remember, guys, it's, you should write this on a, you know, write this on your desk. Write this everywhere you can remember. Relentless lead follow-up is what happens after you have the lead. So the first things first is furiously fast lead follow-up. So it goes furiously fast lead follow-up. Juliet, at those notes, okay? So it goes furiously fast lead follow-up. Then it goes to relentless lead follow-up. The most important thing is is that you have to uh, call the person back immediately. And I know that's taxing on some of you. I know that's stressful. Juliet, do you think it'd be okay right now if I told them a story? Sure, of course. Okay, so Unless it's I'm about standing me. in the. No, it's not about you. <laughs> well, it might be. So I'm standing in the kitchen in New Albany, Ohio, and our house on Berkeley Square, 7334 Berkeley Square. So I'm standing in the kitchen. I'll remember this forever. Um, and this is when Julie and I were selling real estate at the same time we, were, we had coaching clients. We were doing both simultaneously for a little while. And, uh, you know, I had a 1-800-HOME hotline. Um, you know, that's a service that you guys should seriously consider using. Basically, along is sort of it's an IVR service. These have been around for a while. So when someone calls the 800 number, it caller IDs them, and then it basically will text you with their phone number, and you can call them right back. So here's exactly how it worked. It was like at 7 o'clock at night. I mean, I probably wanted to grab a glass of red wine and watch something and, you know, do something with Julie and, you know, hang out for a little while. And uh, my, uh, I, get a, I get a text, and it was, you know, so it was a phone number calling about one of my listings, one of our listings. It was – I even remember the price range. They're calling on something that was like 650 grand. It was in our neighborhood. So I thought, well, yeah, I remember the exact feeling. I, because I remembered it was like really, really making an important point. I, I, I mean, I'm replaying this in my head after the fact. So I didn't want to make the call. I didn't want to be bothered with it. I sure as heck didn't want to disturb my evening. I'd worked hard enough that day. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? And so I, I basically begrudgingly called the person back. And the script that you're supposed to use when you call people back from 800 Home Hotline, and I'll tell you what it is. It's, hi, this is Tim Harris with ABC Realty. As a courtesy, when folks call our 800 number, we like to give them a quick call back, see if they have any questions about the home they called about. Now, guys, just so you're clear, Julie and I had a staff. We had buyer agents. We had people working for us. We had all that. But the truth is, is that we still uh, were doing a lot of, you know, during off hours, we are still doing a lot of the work ourselves because we wanted to monitor things and make things work. Julie and I learned a long time ago that it's one thing to, uh, it's one thing to actually uh, delegate. It's another thing to delegate and abdicate. In other words, don't give it away. You can delegate it, but you've got to monitor that it's being done. And so we would always interject ourselves in the process. When we were closing dozens of houses, Julie would always make sure that the buyers or the transaction coordinators were doing their job. She wouldn't just say, okay, let me know if you have any problems. She would actually go and you know, sit there and make sure things were done at the highest level. Again, guys, delegation is great, but a lot of people do is basically they then stop doing the effort. So delegation with, is not the same as abdication, which is completely giving up responsibility for the result. 
We had learned that a long time ago. So I returned this guy's call. Uh, it turns out that this guy who was calling on one of our listings didn't end up buying that listing, but he ended up buying a more expensive house. He was the CEO of a local company, and he was bringing in um, other uh, executives. So he was bringing in other folks that were obviously interested in moving into the exact community. So from that one call that I returned when I didn't want to do it, doing what I don't want to do when I didn't did want to do it at the highest level, that ended up probably in – no exaggeration, probably over the years, over $10 million of real estate transactions. You know, when the guys moved out, we got the listings. When the more of them moved in, we got the li- – you know, we worked with them on the buy side. That all comes down to that furiously fast lead follow-up. His reaction, everybody's reaction when you call them back immediately is, wow. And you immediately are, are, are risen to a different level that other realtors can only dream of because they wait too long to get back on that lead, because they wait too long to basically do the real work of the job. You know, the, the lead follow-up thing, guys, is so critical. When you call leads back, remember, depending on the price range, more than 50% of them are also going to have houses to sell. So these are all things to keep in mind. Remember, furiously fast lead follow-up means you get to them right away. Then basically relentless lead follow-up means that once you pre-qualified them, you've determined their motivation, you never let that lead go. If it's a seller and they have to sell after you pre-qualified them, your rule is you follow up with them until one of two things happen. They list with you or somebody else, or they file a restraining order against you, okay? Do not put them into a drip campaign. Do not think that there's some sort of magic formula to basically follow up with these guys. You call them relentlessly until they list with you or somebody else, um, and that's your job. That's what you're supposed to do. Those, that's the winning mindset. So, Julie, back to your notes, please. Perfect. So now we're up to 930. You've called at least most of your leads back. And I wrote more lead follow-up if you have more leads to follow up on. If not, it's time for lead generation. Choose your most likely to list spokes first. Yes, this means unrepresented sellers, otherwise known as FISBOs, expireds, probate. It just makes sense to speak with people who need what it is that you do. Remember, if you've generated enough leads to follow up on, do that first. But if you're already through all of your leads, of course, we're going to go to lead generation next. 10.30 a.m., call your required past client center of influence list, your required number, it should say. Take the total number of people on your database list, divide it by 20 working days, 40 working days, or 60, depending on how big your list is, to determine how many you're going to call daily to contact your sphere at least every 90 days. So here's a quick example. Let's say you have 100 people on your past client center of influence list. Divide it by 20 working days. We're throwing out weekends. And you have to speak with just five people per day to touch that list of 100 every single month. What would your business be like if you did that at a high level? I know, even if you don't feel like doing it, when you don't feel like doing it, but what would your what would the results be if you did just that? Make sense, Tim? It does. It's crazy. Yeah. So if work, your list guys. is a lot it's bigger, yeah, that's why it's not called vacation. If your list is bigger, which you know somebody like Nora, her list is going to be bigger. So she would divide by sixty working days to make the numbers make sense to get through the list every quarter versus every month. So you guys can play with the numbers a little. 11.30 a.m., assess your day so far. Have you set any appointments yet? If no appointments, proceed to continued lead follow-up or prospecting. And then 12.30, lunch. Yes, actually eat lunch, ideally with a past client, current client, etc. Eat lunch somewhere in your market where you can be out and about talking about real estate. 
another little morsel of truth there. And I know that some of you guys like to run around, oh, I haven't eaten lunch in days. I'm so busy. Well, that's not normal. Correct that now. 12.30, have a normal lunch like a normal working person. 1.30 p.m., check in with your transactions, your team, your staff, your co-op agents, etc. This is your hour of power to keep your existing business buttoned up. Only one hour. Remember Pareto's law, guys. The task will grow to the time you allow it to eat up. So limit yourself with the check-ins and keeping track of all this good stuff. Now, 2 to 5 p.m., appointment time. If you don't have appointments, you have options, but they all center around creating income. Appointments are best, but after that, it's time for calling your sellers, setting up showings, previewing, doing price reductions, scheduling open houses, creating marketing plans. Ideally, it's back to your lead follow-up, preparing for tomorrow's appointments, and if you get bored or unproductive with your normal routine, break, it up, break out of it by going after a new spoke like probate or new construction for rent by owners or a new category of center of influence events. So as long as it's under the lead generation umbrella, you can mix it up a little bit. Now, from 5 to 6 p.m., tie down loose ends. Any negotiations should be resolved and sent to the other side so that they owe you a response in the morning, not the other way around. And then by 6 p.m., quit in time. Yes, like a normal working executive type. So some of you are all struggling with this and you think it's normal because somebody in your office told you that, oh, it's normal to work 80 hours and you know pass out at the end of the week and not eat a normal lunch and eat pizza at 11 o'clock so you can gain 20 or 30 pounds by the end of the year. Um, that's hey, we not did good that. coaching. <laughs> we, did. we did that years that's ago. That's how we know. <laughs> yeah, we, right. we did that like, what was it, about uh, – yeah. So look, guys, these things we're asking you not to do. Remember the Sherpa story from yesterday where we tell you basically we're going to show you up the side of the mountain that's going to get you to the top where it won't result in you basically becoming a person popsicle on the way up or the way down? Well, it's mostly because we've learned from our own mistakes. We've learned from the mistakes of others. And what Julie's sharing with you is, guy, is a schedule that is locked down. And in other words, it's proven. It's proven to work in all marketplaces and all price ranges. Something we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about today is basically how you go from having no schedule to a schedule, because let's be honest, other than our coaching clients, I imagine a vast majority of you just go wherever the strongest breeze blows you. So start with just having a half day scheduled for one day of the week. Seriously, just pick like, for example, Wednesday of next week, <laughs> you're going to wake up, you're going to follow a morning schedule, you're going to do what you're supposed to be doing, and you're going to do it just for Wednesday from, say, for example, 7 a.m. till noon. That's it. And just do that consistently for like two weeks in a row, and then add a day, and then add a day. And I'll give you guys a little secret. Julie talked to you about the whole day schedule, but you really only need to have your morning scheduled. That's, that's really the bottom line. If you have your morning scheduled and you do what matters most first every single day, and we talked to you about that on the past three or four radio shows as far as what those activities should be, your afternoons, if you've done your work in the morning, you can do whatever the heck you want to do. How about that? That's the absolute stone-cold truth. If you set a pre-qualified listing appointment and you basically have an appointment set and you want to take the afternoon off and go to a movie, go for it. I know it's shocking, but it's true. If you keep your morning organized so you basically stay drilled down and focused on what you're supposed to be doing in the morning, the afternoons can just be open. There you go. So for those of you who cannot handle having a real regimented schedule and you got into real estate so you would never have to have a regimented schedule again, I've just given you kind of a half measure that will still get you the result without having to maybe necessarily uh, you know, suffer as much as some of you guys think it is to keep it to a whole day schedule. Um, 
Anytime you guys need us for anything, listen, if you have not yet done this, remember, request a free coaching call. Go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com. By just requesting a free coaching call, you're going to get those six free books. The books, the two books that I, I absolutely positively want all of you guys to uh, read ASAP are in the most important book, probably the most important book on personal development ever written, aside from the Bible, is Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Julie and I took that book, and we've updated it, the public domain book, and we updated it, and we did uh, add some real estate stories, some, basically tying in his points to you guys. So make sure you get that book. It's free. Just fill out that form. And the other book that a lot of you – this is an absolutely critical book as well – is the real estate treasure map. And those two books go together. So when you read Think and Grow Rich, you're going to be power, you're going to be juiced up, you're going to be geeked up, you're going to feel you're going to have clarity probably like you've never had before in your life, and then you're going to want to know what to do. Well, the real estate treasure map is the thing to do. It'll help you actually create the plan that Napoleon Hill talks about that in that incredible book. We're going to give you those and four other books for free. All you have to do is fill out that little form, and you're also going to be entitled to a free coaching call with one of our great uh, new enrollment coaches. They'll answer any questions you might have about Premier Coaching. Uh, it's a coaching program that just literally thousands of agents are embracing. Every time we read a testimonial, it's from one of our Premier coaching members so there you go guys there's your clear path forward there's your way up the mountain please embrace it if you need us for anything please re, uh, request a free coaching call how about that free coaching calls for agents.com free coaching calls for agents.com or of course you can email me directly tim at tim and julie harris.com or julie directly at julie at tim and julie harris.com in the meantime guys have a great weekend so listen i got something exciting tomorrow i'm doing a special show it's just going to be recorded and we're going to play it on monday with jeb blunt we recommend all of his books and the book in particular that we really are absolutely positively recommending to all of you is fanatical prospecting it's his newest book it's a great book it's changed the lives of many of our personal coaching clients um, you know, his, what he says in that book is in perfect alignment with what we say as coaches for real estate agents. He's a, more of a general sales-type uh, mentor guy, but great, great content. Listen to his book. Listen to the interview. It's going to be on Monday. Have a fantastic weekend. If you need us for anything, Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Thanks, and have a great day. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.